This week, two different people asked me the question that I am asked more than any other, and it's not how to spell my name, but it is rather, how did you decide to become a pastor? Uh, what led you? How did you know that that's what God wanted you to do? Now, I used to think people asked that question because they just couldn't imagine why anybody would want to do this, but I don't believe that really now. I believe people ask that question because deep down they want to know, does God really talk to people? Does God really send messages? Does God really call? And the short answer for all of you and for the confirmands this morning is yes, God calls. Now, it's not always like God called Moses with the burning bush. But there are a number of things that we can learn about God's call as we walk through the burning bush uh, story together this morning. So let's do that. Let's look at what happened to Moses on that mountain. The first thing that we notice about this is that God called Moses while he was by himself. Usually when God has a call, even if it's for a large group of people or a nation, the call is usually going to come to somebody, an individual alone. And so God calls Abraham. God calls Isaac. God calls Jeremiah. God calls Moses. God calls Mary, the mother of Jesus. All of them when they're alone. And that makes it a little difficult because then you have to wonder, was that really God? Who's going to confirm this? How will I... How will I uh, figure out how to go from here and what to do with this? I remember the great line of Fred Craddock who said, God has never called anybody to do something in a voice loud enough for the whole family to hear it. So at some point, you have to make that call. But know that typically the call is going to come to individuals. And the other thing that's interesting about this is that it comes to Moses not while he's on a retreat. Moses doesn't go and say, you know, I'm going to spend some time by myself on this mountain so I'll hear from God. Moses is doing his day job. He, he watches sheep, the sheep belonging to his father-in-law. In the midst of an ordinary day, God comes to Moses. And Moses, at least, is wise enough to turn aside and stop when he sees the burning bush. And the bush is not consumed. He knows that something's going on here. And so he slows down enough to at least investigate Sometimes we're called by God, but we don't slow down enough to investigate, and so we miss the call. I don't know if you read in the paper yesterday, there were some, uh, some folks that robbed a candy store in Cincinnati. But the police caught the criminals because they were eating their ill-gotten profits along the way uh, after they robbed the store, and they were leaving candy wrappers. So all the police had to do was follow the trail of wrappers. They had to take the time and see where the trail would lead. When God calls us, it's often uh, the appropriate for us to stop and try to see where that trail leads, to investigate it, to pray about it, maybe to talk with some other people about it. And because God doesn't always call when I'm in the midst of prayer or on a retreat, I've learned to keep uh, a notebook handy, piece of paper in my pocket, piece of paper in my car. So if I think that God is saying something, I write it down so I can pursue it and investigate it later. And here's something else that's interesting. Uh, when you look through the uh, quotes in the bulletin today, you notice a quote that said that God called Moses in a still, small voice. And Mark Williams, Pastor Mark, said to me, is that so? And I said, well, not that I know of. That's the way Elijah got called. In fact, what the rabbis teach, it's not in the Bible, but the rabbinical tradition is when God calls Moses out of the bush, the voice God uses is the voice of Moses' own earthly father, Amram. And that's fascinating because what does God say immediately? He says, Moses, I am the God of your father. And then says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it reminds me of one thing that is true, that oftentimes God will give us a call through people and voices that are already very familiar. It's probably not going to be lightning that strikes us. It could be very well something that our mother or father, our neighbor or friend says that will constitute God's call to us, but only if we stop and take the time to investigate it. So Moses investigates it. Now, what is he investigating? Well, he's investigating, of course, this bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. Now, I brought this. This is not, of course, the actual burning bush. Probably not even a close facsimile. But the word in Hebrew indicates thorn bush. And so what I did is where I live, I went and picked out a couple of thorn bushes just so you could look at them and note a few things. The first thing you note about the thorn bush is that it has thorns. What could God be saying to Moses by appearing through a thorn bush? Well, there are a couple possibilities. One is that thorns, especially if you touch them, if you're not careful, indicate pain. And God may be saying, I know the pain of my people who are slaves in Egypt, and I'm there in the pain, and I'm calling you to the pain. In fact, I'm willing to bet that 99% of the calls that come from God to you in your life will be to go do something about somebody else's pain. That's where God wants us involved, is in the pain and hurts of other people. And so what better way to illustrate that than to appear in the midst of thorns. Now there's another possibility, which I believe is also valid, and that is the thorn bush reminds us that all of us have probably caused pain to other people. None of us come into this call of God with a particularly clean record. And in fact, Moses himself, what's he doing on the mountain? He's doing there watching sheep because 40 years earlier, he was a, a commanding, uh, as we said last week, commander of the joint chiefs in Egypt until he killed somebody. Moses has inflicted pain. He has that in his background. And it's God's way of saying, that doesn't disqualify you. Nobody comes to me with a completely clean slate. Nobody comes to me with it all together. I call ordinary people in the midst of their ordinary days to do extraordinary things. God's teaching Moses by calling him through this thorn bush and not calling him through one of this great cedars of Lebanon or a mighty oak like Abraham camped under. God's teaching Moses that you don't have to be more than you are. I can use you just as you are. And that's true not only all the way through the Bible, but I believe that's true in our world as well. Some of you remember the story of 12-year-old Trevor. Trevor was described by his teacher as this way. He was an ordinary kid except in all the ways that he wasn't ordinary. Because this is what Trevor did. When he went to school there in California, he got an assignment from his teacher. And his response to this assignment was a project that came to be known as Pay It Forward. You may remember this. What Trevor did is he decided to do something nice for three people. And when they wanted to pay it back, he would tell them, don't pay it back, pay it forward. Do something nice for three other people. And he started to do the math, and he figured if, they, if that happened, then nine people would be helped. And if those nine people did that, 27 people would be helped. And if those 27 people would be helped, then it would be 81, and you get the drift. And that movement has gone not only, of course, all the way over uh, the United States, but over the whole world through the help of the book and the movie written about it. But amazing things have happened. People who were uh, shut away in homes apart from their family for just the crime of being over about 85 years old, suddenly found freedom and 
and visitors and support. One guy is driving his car and it, it dies, just, just dies. The guy behind him stops his car, which is a late model car, about two years old, and helps him push this old broken car off the road, hands him the keys to his car, and said, I was going to get a new one anyway. I can afford it. Take mine. Things happened all along as people paid it forward because some ordinary kid, as part of an ordinary homework assignment, came up with this. There was a girl in a Midwestern state who got moved over the plight of African um, orphans from AIDS. And she collected money in her school and actually came up with several thousand dollars. But when other schools heard about it in the, uh, in the suburban area, hundreds of thousands of dollars were collected and sent for relief to Africa. Just ordinary folks like Moses. Well, one other thing to note about this bush is, of course, the most interesting thing about it, and that is it is on fire. And it's not only on fire, but it's not consumed. It's not burned up. What's God saying there? Well, it could well be that God is saying this. When you get involved in the pain of this world, it will seem overwhelming, but it will not consume you. It may seem very hard and difficult to work in areas of need, but the areas of need and pain will not win. When you set out to try to help people, you will find all sorts of obstacles, not the least of which are the people you're trying to help. But they will not overwhelm you. You will be able not only to survive, but to overcome. Some years ago, I lived in a parsonage off a highway uh, right next to the church. So it was obvious to all the transients uh, going up and down that highway uh, where the parsonage was. And so uh, one day a guy stopped and said he needed gas uh, to get to another town. And so wanting to help people and deciding that's something I should do, I went over. There was a stop and go on the other side of the parsonage to get him gas. I thought, well, no harm. He can't go. If I put the gas in his car, he can't go spend it on alcohol or or whatever. So I'm there filling up his car with gas when suddenly three police cars and the sheriff's car pull up. I am surrounded. It turns out I'm aiding and abetting a man who's wanted in three states. Something like that might convince you never to help again. But God says, you might be embarrassed, but you won't be overwhelmed. The fire will not consume you. It's not easy, this call to people's pain, but it can be done. And of course, the fire also represents the presence and the power of God. For when you do anything for anyone in need, you're not doing it in your own strength. It won't get very far. You do it with the power and fire of God that is within you. Whatever you are called to do, know that you will not do it alone. You must not do it alone. You do it with the fire, the power of God. Well, Moses gets this burning bush, and so God calls him to help with people's pain. And you may recall Moses' response basically is no thanks. And God hears from Moses a number of objections. If I were to diagnose what happened there, I would simply tell you that what happens is suddenly Moses takes his eye off the bush that's burning and turns it on to himself. And suddenly he's moved away from the power of God and the need of people to his own inadequacy. And he stumbles and he starts and he lunges before he can start. I would remind you that when God calls you, it's always to people's pain. But it's not to answer it out of your power. It will be answered out of the power of God. 
Now, I say all this to those who are confirmed this morning because of my firm belief that to say yes to Christ is to say yes to the call to go to the pain of other people. I firmly believe you cannot come forward this morning and say yes to God and no to people. You cannot say yes to the pleasures and joys of Christ and no to the pain and hurt of others. To come forward this morning is to answer a call, to be a part of what God is doing, to make a difference in the world. And because I believe when you come forward that it is a call of God, and because I believe that when you come forward you will hear that call, and when you go out from here, you and the world will be different. Well, as you come forward, I take off my shoes. Because as you come forward and answer the call, this is holy ground.